0: We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Happy day to you, my sweet friend. Thank you for making Empower Radio and me, a part of your day. I'm immensely, immensely grateful for our connection and friendship, whether we talk, whether we don't talk, whether we know about each other consciously or not consciously. I'm just grateful that we are hanging out and um, that you're making this part of your reality. You know, it's busy. Life's busy. There's a lot going on. And uh, I'm just honored. I'm just honored to be in this energetic relationship with you. So I don't know about you, but I look back at my life and some of the choices I've made, and I think to myself, um, OMG, what was I thinking? Maybe it seemed like a good idea at the time, or perhaps I rushed into something that I should have thought about for a little bit longer. But I think sometimes thinking can actually be the problem. Living from our minds can translate to living from ego, from fear, from disconnection, and from relying too heavily on our own understanding. So today, I'm going to share with you some of the things I have learned about traveling through my life with more grace, ease, clarity, in co-creation, and with a lot more joy. But, you know, it's okay if we've made mistakes. If we don't fail, we don't learn. We can't pass every test. And if we don't fall down, we don't know how to get back up. It's not possible to win, excel, and succeed in everything we do. And perhaps life would be a little boring if we did. Mistakes are part and parcel of being human. And an opportunity to do what my teachers have said is the most important thing we can do as spiritual beings having a human experience. And that is to learn to love ourselves no matter what. To learn to love ourselves unconditionally and consistently is actually the point. I didn't know that when I first went to school. When they said that, that was revelatory. But what I know is that when we disapprove of ourselves, when we doubt ourselves, that's when we suffer. So even if we can make mistakes, but have compassion for ourselves or make a wrong turn, but say, you know what? You're doing all right. We stay in connection and alignment to our soul and source. Love is always available and course correction can always happen. I like something Abraham Hicks says. They say about life, you can't get it wrong and you'll never get it done. The sooner we can accept that, the sooner we can just relax and enjoy the journey. The sooner we can let go of our judgment and regret or condemnation of ourselves and others, the sooner we can say, what's the learning opportunity here. The sooner we come back to peace, alignment, freedom, and comfort. This is how we stay on track with the life that's destined for us in a way that feels good, positive, and prosperous. So, I used to be a people pleaser, like big time people pleaser. And if anybody ever came to me asking for a favor, I had this involuntary knee jerk response and I would immediately say yes. I was also told by some people, you always have to say yes, be a yes person. So no matter what anybody asked or what opportunities presented, I would be just like, yes, without um, taking any time to consider, is this good for me? Is this the right choice for me? Eventually, I found myself spread super thin and I suffered a lot with a lot of um, colds and flus and upper respiratory um, challenges. So eventually, I figured it out that I need to establish some boundaries and cultivate some discernment. For a while, my protocol would be um, when people would ask me to do things, I would ask other people for their opinions. I would... uh, I interview everybody I I knew. Do you think this is a good idea or not a good idea? And I would take, a, you know, the majority rules theory. That didn't work so well either. I think we're really supposed to be um, tapping into our own inner wisdom and our own knowingness and our own truth. So giving our power away in that way, I mean, it's not bad to ask other people their opinion. But to, to not really be clear in what your deeper truth is, I think, can definitely prevent us from being on course from living our authentically empowered lives. So then the next thing I experimented with was creating T-charts, the pros and cons. When I asked to do certain things or opportunities were present, I would get a T-chart. What are the pros? What are the cons? And I would uh, list these out. And that was, that was an improved vibration over the knee-jerk response of yes or, you know, asking everybody their opinion. That was helpful, but... Um, I think I was still navigating a lot from my own mind and my own understanding. And again, the mind, it's a tool, it's a beautiful tool, it's a wonderful tool, but we don't really want that in the driver's seat all the time. It's not the most effective um, engineer or um, driver. It's better as a, um, a passenger or a tool that we use rather than uses us. So I eventually graduated to some more effective, helpful, and empowering ways of making good choices. And I want to share some of these with you. Perhaps you're working with some of these and uh, know about some of them, or maybe this will inspire you to uh, recommit to them, or maybe it's something new and different. Um, But something I know for sure is that our bodies have innate wisdom within I perceive my body as a tuning fork for my soul. And if you've hung out with me at all before, you know, um, I talk about disease being dis-ease. Where are we not at ease? Where are we not on track? Whether it's cancer or colds, it's um, there's opportunities for learning refinement and coming back into alignment with our soul self. So, Again, God throws pebble stones, bricks, and then you get a brick wall. So our bodies are here to um, be the sacred vehicle for our soul, but also to be our teacher, to be our friend. And um, I think as we treat our body with respect, with reverence, and with the intention to listen, it can really inform us. It can really keep us on track for our particular unique destiny. We all have unique destinies. We all have individual contracts and curriculum and nobody can know yours and you can't know anybody's. The most important thing we do is to consider and take responsibility for our own reality and um, truth. So these days when I'm offered an opportunity or um, if somebody comes forward with a request I don't just say yes, say, you know what, I'm going to sit with this and I'm going to consider it and get back with you unless it's a resounding yes, right out of the gate. Um, But I take that breath and I turn inward and I check in. And how do I feel in my body as I consider this um, request or opportunity? And if there's any hesitation, that's when I say, I'm going to take some time with this and get back to you. Um, somebody recently asked me if I would donate like 10 cowboy hats to this fundraiser. It started with asking for one and that felt okay. When they asked for 10, all of a sudden that didn't feel okay. So I said, you know, I'm gonna have to sit with this. So I've done a lot of donating my work, artwork, paintings, um, God boxes, candles, journals to different fundraisers. And I think that's, you know, it's a lovely thing to do, but sometimes I feel like I, I give a lot and then I don't even know where this stuff goes. It feels good for about a second, but then I don't know where it goes and um, it doesn't feel like an exchange of energy. So how much can I give without overgiving? That's always a good question to ask ourselves. How much can I give without going into resentment? And I do like to um, live from this motto and posture of give generously, receive graciously, give generously, receive graciously. But I've erred on the side of overgiving and then being depleted and then being frustrated and then being resentful. So that's up to me to discern how much can I give and to whom where it feels it feels good. So I sat with this for a little while. And what came forward from me, you know what, I would love to donate two cowboy hats to this um, fundraiser and um, they were grateful and they said, well, we have to ask for the star and the moon and hope to get something in return. And so that feels, that feels like a good and equitable gift. I can do that. So to check in with our body, to turn inward, it's like, I often feel energy in like the pit of my stomach or, um, Tension in my temples or a clenching of my heart, if, if something's not a fit, um, it tends to be more expansive if, if it's a yes and more constricting or contracting if it's a no. So, to check in with the energy in our body as we consider doing something, um, does it feel open? Does it feel closed? Does it feel expansive? Does it feel contracted? Does it bring a sense of peace or does it bring a sense of dread? And even sometimes when we feel that constriction or contraction, it can be because there's fear. And um, maybe we're being presented with the opportunity to stretch out of our comfort zone. I've talked about this before in this show. I was offered to do a radio show about 10 years ago and my immediate knee-jerk response was no. Because it brought up fear for me. And so... I realized I needed to take a moment and sit with it before committing either way. And as I did, there was definitely fear. It didn't feel expansive at all. It felt scary. But that was, again, the opportunity for me to stretch out of my comfort zone. And I think if we're going to live up to our greatest potential, if we are going to expand into the greatest vision and version of ourselves, we're going to be asked, to do things that are maybe uncomfortable, to stretch. And that's what this was. It was stretching out of my comfort zone. So as I got in touch with this, um, it felt like anxiety in my body. I had a conversation with it. So this is, this is an exercise that I do frequently for myself and with other people. It's like when they're in some discomfort, okay, turn inward. Where do you feel this energy in your body? And maybe it's the stomach or the chest. What color is the energy? What texture? What shape? What temperature? Get a real sense of what this is that you're tapping into within your physiology. And often as we get in touch with the color and the shape or the texture, I will ask it if it has a name and have a conversation with it. You know, it's like... um, Say, for instance, when Brent asked me to do this show, there was this energy and it felt like uh, this jagged edge. It felt like uh, an intense, just, um, I don't know, it's like a heartbeat monitor. It's like this uh, zigzag energy. And the color was like a orange and yellow. And so I, I just imagined it. It looked like, um, it had like sharp edges. And I was just, I asked him what its name was. And it said Agitation. And I said, agitation, what do you want me to know? And it's like, I'm afraid. So what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of what people will think of me. I'm afraid that I won't have something to say. I'm afraid that what I have to say will be judged as stupid. So it was just a lot of self-doubt, really. This agitation was really just a lot of self-doubt. And then something I like to do is invite spirit in to have the conversation and dialogue with us. And this can be either your higher self, it can be your guardian angel, it can be the universe, it can be whatever you're comfortable with. Um, There's a higher authority that sees us more clearly than we see ourselves and can give us clarity if we're willing to um, extend that invitation and open the space for the conversation. So that is what I did. And I was informed that there will be something to say. I've never really been at a loss for words. So... um, and it was about having conscious conversations with people that I want to talk to, which is my favorite thing to do in the world. And uh, now I'm doing solo shows. And that was at the recommendation of um, Remy, my producer, and Brent. And again, that whole energy of um, fear came up. And it was, it was the same lesson, more of the same. And uh, just being asked to stretch even a little bit more, go a little bit higher and deeper in my sense of um, confidence and faith and and trust, because my intention is to ripple out wisdom and share tools that I know have worked for me. And, um, hopefully it'll support you or anybody that uh, is tuning into the show. So, um, it's been scary, but fun to expand. And as we do, we start to really trust the process of life and we start to trust the process of love. And that's when the wind is at our back. That's when we're going with the flow of life. I like something else Abraham said, there's nothing upstream that you want. You know, so many people are fighting and working hard to get to a particular destination. But if we just let go of the oars and we relax and we invite that energy that is God or love or the universe or higher intelligence to partner with us, we can navigate with a lot more grace, ease, joy, peace and prosperity. So another thing I do when I want to make decisions is I ask my dreams. I don't know if you've ever done this, but this can be a really powerful and healing process. And an important part of this process is writing down your request before you go to sleep. You know, um, I would love to have a healing dream that I remember clearly and that supports me in knowing whether or not to take this opportunity or if you have questions that you want answered, write down a specific question and request before you go to sleep in a journal next to your bed. And then when you wake up, whatever you remember, write down. And it may not seem to make sense at the time, but often what I've found is as I've done this, I've I've really participated in this process, as I read it later and reflect upon it, It was answering exactly what I had asked, maybe not in a way that I initially understood. But if I give it some space and then come back and read it, it absolutely has been supportive. And if we do this and we don't get a dream right away, just be consistent. Just be consistent. Do write the request down every night and eventually something's going to come forward. It's never failed me. And for the people that I've worked with, my clients, my students, when I've suggested this, they may initially think, well, that didn't work that well. But if they are consistent and diligent and committed, every single one of my students has come back and said, you know what? I had a dream that really supported me in figuring out what the best thing to do is. And this is a process also if, if, you had, um, if you've had loved ones that have transitioned that you want to connect with to write down that request to be able to have a visitation or a dream so that you're able to spend time with them. It's been a very effective process for me as well, spending time with my grandmother or some of my good friends that have uh, uh, transitioned to the other side of the veil, moved their frequency. And uh, so the dream time has been a wonderful opportunity to be able to experience that connection and continued friendship and relationship and has provided me with great peace and solace and joy. And I think this can work for you as well. So the other thing, and maybe the most important thing I like to do when trying to make a decision and not knowing what the right thing to do is, is I ask God's opinion. that God, this is what I think I should do. This is what I'm sensing I should do. This is what my physiology is indicating or my dreams are indicating. But you know what? You decide. And again, it's okay to have preferences it's okay to think, well, this is how I think I want it to look, but to not have an attachment, to really create that space and be open for miracle. And when I do this, I am astonished how things seem to work out in ways that exceed my expectations, or maybe they, that wasn't even on my conscious radar that it worked out this well and that in this way. And people will say all the time, gosh, Tammy, you sure make great decisions. I didn't, I didn't do that. (laughs) I didn't make that happen. At one point, you know, I have this horse that I love so much and, uh, I didn't mean to buy a horse, but I just saw him and I fell in love with him and I started making payments on him. And I was like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm the best owner for this horse. Maybe that was my biggest concern that I wasn't the best person for this horse. But it felt like such a resounding yes that this was my horse as I checked him with my body. I was a little bit scared, but it was a yes. And so I did. I asked for healing dreams. God, is this my horse? And I would dream of him. So that felt like a yes. And I said, well, I want him to be well taken care of. And he was living about 50 miles from my home. So it was quite a drive. I said, well, I want to find the perfect home for him. And in this place, he will have... Um, an indoor outdoor stall. There will be uh, an indoor arena for me to ride in. There will be trails for me to go in. I'll be able to do lessons. And um, a friend of mine offered to take him in for a little while and train him because he wasn't rideable. He was an Amish cart horse and he'd been abused. So this was quite an undertaking. But she worked with him for like a month and got him to the place where he was comfortable with me riding him, which was a miracle to begin with. Some people are like, You're crazy. You shouldn't be doing this. This is dangerous. But it just felt like such a resounding yes. My dream said yes. It seemed like God was saying yes. But I did put him in the God box every day. It's like, God, you help me figure this out because I don't want to rely on my own understanding. This is a soul you've created. And I want to honor him and care for him. And so he was with this uh, one trainer for a month. And then I kind of started looking around for other places and There were some that were, you know, they felt okay, but there was no space for him. And then um, somebody suggested another place. And I didn't have a good feeling about it initially, but I went there and I was like, well, this is pretty nice. And she's like, well, there's one stall left. It's indoor, outdoor. There's fans in there for the summer. There's automatic waters. He's turned out to pasture every day so he can hang out with his friends. There's um, trail riding. I do lessons. The only thing she didn't have was an indoor arena. And then I, I mentioned that, and she said, "Well, I'm breaking ground for an indoor arena in about two months." It was everything I could have asked for, and more. It was amazing. People were like, "Wow, you really made this happen. I didn't do this." I put it in the God box, and it was laid out before me. And what I know for sure is that God loves all of us, the animals, the people. We're all blessed beings in God's eyes and he wants the best for us, but we live on a planet of free will and choice. So do we invite that energy in that's moving the planets around the sun to guide us in our lives? Are we willing to explore and experiment with a possibility of trust and faith? And sometimes we have to crack our mind open to it before we jump in into the deep end and all the way. That's certainly been the case for me, but the more I do it, the more I realize I really am loved. I really am blessed. Einstein will say that's the most important question we can ask and answer. Do you believe the universe is a safe and loving place or not? And if we don't, we will suffer. And if we want to have our hands with that death grip on the steering wheel, we will be in pain. There is a higher authority. This authority loves you and wants to be in relationship with you, but will not force himself or herself upon you. It takes that Opening, that invitation, that conversation, that intention. And as you do, you may find that you're carried on a different wave and going a different direction. This is not the life I expected for myself. It doesn't look anything like I thought it would. But it feels so much better than I ever thought it could. And I want that for you as well. To line up with your soul, to relax into that relationship with that something greater that adores you. Allow it to inform you. Listen to your body. Listen to your heart. Listen to that something greater. Listen to your dreams. Have those conversations. There's nothing more important than that. And as you do, I suspect that you'll be like me and that you may go a different direction, but that you also be met with God winks and synchronicity and support from angels seen and unseen. And when this happens, all you have to do is say, thank you, thank you, thank you. That will keep you lined up. That will keep you moving in the right direction. And hopefully living a healthier, happier, more empowered life. So I hope you are feeling centered, solid, and at home within yourself. And if there's anything I can do to support you, please, please, please be in touch with me, TammyBPhD at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, TammyBPhD, Tammy balashevsky and would love to be in conversation with you. To me, nothing's more important than relationships, relatedness, heartfelt conversation, and, um, with the intention of going higher in our own awareness and consciousness that we are love incarnate. So I hope you're feeling loved and loving the experience and the expression, unique expression of the divine. That is you. You are unique in all of the universe, unique in all of time. And I hope you're dancing in your own light and loving being you. So God bless you. Take good, gentle care of yourself. You are in my heart, my meditations, my prayers. I am so grateful to be on this journey with you and invite you to be in touch. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.